You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Whatever works best for your family. Yeah. Um, but one thing that has become a pillar of this entire idea has been home place. Um, and that would be just everybody getting together bi-weekly or however many times a week it may be, getting together so that we can have a de-schooling process. So I don't know if we're going to say it exactly like that because, you know, yeah. people, when they hear words, they, they <laughs> scramble. But yeah. just us talking about what's going on with us, having a place to have community. We don't really have a place for community outside of church, honestly. And, yeah. and there, we're not talking about what's going on around us. Well, we're just listening, you know, to exactly. whatever the person on stage is talking about, right? Yes. Dialogue. Today, y'all, we're going to hear letter two, and then we're going to hear from Najee. She is the mind behind de-schooling DC. <sighs> I don't think I could talk about it without bawling my eyes out. <laughs> so I'm going to let Najee talk that talk. And I encourage you to stay in touch through this community right here, this fair with the free child community that is just growing and expanding and reminding us about what it means to be free and to act in freedom. Stay attuned. Tap into how that's showing up for you as you continue to listen and share. Thank you for being part of this community, for letting what is showing up in your body resonate here in this space so that we can create and continue this energy of people raising free people. I also want to thank my newest patrons, Heather, Sue, and Erica. Thank you all so much for being a part of the community. As we round out to episode 100, I can now get a little bit more involved on Patreon. So if you're not in that community with us, consider and connect to it. Don't just consider it, do it. If you're in a position to do so, head over to patreon.com forward slash Akila and donate. All of that helps us to keep this going. Shout out to Ty, our community manager here, who is helping me to keep things in order. I appreciate you, sis. More on Ty to come. Have a great week, y'all. The show notes page is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash nine two. Get all the related links. Much love. This is letter number two in support of people raising free people. Dear you, I hear you. This process of removing your child from the clutches of classrooms is no easy feat. As much as you know that this is the right thing for your child, it can still feel like the wrong thing for so many other reasons. Your support system is now questioning your what and your why. You are now challenged and empowered at the same time to reclaim and reimagine what living and learning with your child or children might look like. That's a lot. And oftentimes the resources out there are steeped in the same schoolishness 
that you saw was not working and could never work for your child. You are not alone. There are many of us who have figured out or are still sorting through the best way to reclaim and reimagine living and learning with children we love or to be in support of them even if they're not children that we've birthed or that we live with. I offer you this letter today not as a solution, but as a reminder that there are things that you can do right now in support of that decision to raise a liberated person. First of all, find your community. And that community might not be where you physically live, but you can use your fingers to press those buttons and create and be part of existing communities where people are reaching out to each other for ideas, for support, for reminders, for community that is virtual, but still very much real, very much available, and something that you can tap into from wherever you are in those moments of doubt and fear and all those other things that come with the process. And those doubts and fears and anxieties, I want to remind you right now, they are part of a process. They are something that you can pick up and put down over and over again. And you can find over time that as you pick them up, they are lighter and they are easier to put down and they become a part of a wave, a part of a movement that you know will pass. So in the anxiety, so in the fear, in the concerns, in the uncertainty, remind yourself to be still. Remind yourself not to let those things be marching orders for you to do something with those fears and that anxiety. You can sit still with them. You can witness yourself having the feelings. You can call a friend. You can leave a voice memo (laughs) on RaisingFreePeople.com. You can talk through your feelings without acting on them. There is power in recognizing a feeling and not calling it a directive. Fear does not have to be a directive. Fear oftentimes will call for stillness. The same way that you are practicing witnessing your child instead of controlling or correcting everything that they do, you can offer that same grace to yourself. You can witness those feelings. You can witness that fear. You can pay more attention to what it does in your body, what it causes you to want to do, and to just be with that instead of actually doing what it's asking you to do. You have made a major decision that will benefit your child or children Be with that. Remember that. Remember that the toughest choices often bring the biggest benefits. Remember that you're putting an end to a pattern of people sitting inside a place that claims to offer lessons, but actually just lessens their whole sense of self and their ability to tap into their creativity and their brilliance. You're putting an end to that. You're doing something about that inside a system that says, no, this is where your children need to be. You knew better and you did something about that. You are trustworthy. 
you can trust yourself to continue to make the best decisions for yourself and to continue to learn how to make the best decisions for your child with the input of your child, without the interruption of systems that are not designed to empower your child. Dear you, you did a brave and beautiful thing. Thank you for being an example of what happens when we stop letting fear make our decisions for us because we know in our bodies and our souls, despite the messages to the contrary, that children are trustworthy, that we are trustworthy, and that anything that is moving us towards a space of being in more partnership with, being in more of those relationships with our children, whatever is pulling you in that direction, is the right thing for you and your child. Remember that. Practice trusting that. And remember that you are supported and celebrated in your decision to raise free people. Greetings, Akila. I want to first give honor to my ancestors and the people whose shoulders I stand on. I believe it is through their efforts I came upon the Alliance for Self-Directed Education and this community with a solution of my own. My name is Najee Knox. I'm a 22-year-old first-time mother living in the DMV. I grew up hearing the stories of Chocolate City, a black space rich in culture, music, and melanin. In a lifetime, our people have been aggressively pushed out by gentrification. Many families are at risk of losing their homes, and many more have already lost their way of life. I believe it is high time for black and brown folk to take back their livelihood. Thus, I bring to you Deschooling D.C., the first phase of a grassroots movement centered on our people's right to access homeschooling. The number of economically disadvantaged students in D.C.'s public and charter schools as of last school year is 68,164. Economically disadvantaged, meaning eligible for free or reduced lunch. If these students had access to breakfast and lunch, what could they learn spending a day at the library, or going on a trip to the museum, or learning skills of a trade from their neighbor? INI is a social program designed to give our youth access to self-directing their educational journeys and gaining a liberated perspective of the world around them. DC has all the amenities our youth need to become fully realized adults and expand on their interests. With community effort, all students in DC can eat, learn, create, and thrive in their own communities without the quote-unquote support of our oppressors. Our ancestors always knew freedom started with education. The self-determination and resistance it will take to feed our children will be the same vehicle I and I will use to drive us to freedom. If you know any unschoolers in the fair of the free child community living in D.C. or the surrounding areas, please help me create a home place where we can start having conversations about what deschooling D.C. looks like and knocking on doors to lift the veil of illusion surrounding education. Finding this community has helped me unravel a lot of my struggles. It feels like I've been dealing with ageism and toxic schooling all my life but never had the vocabulary or the multidimensional perspective of unschooling that this podcast presents. 
It's good to know I wasn't the only person out here getting sent out of class for speaking up or trying to get students to sign a petition against uniform citations. <laughs> when I think about the circumstances our people have had to overcome, it only makes sense that as children, we feel ready to resist and try to make the world a better place. And then the cycle beats it out of us to stop trying. I want D-School in D.C. to be the first step out of that cycle. Many parents are already fed up with school and may not know just how toxic it is, but they know it isn't working for their kid. What are our schools providing to us that we need to spend our most precious years there? According to NASA, we're born creative geniuses and the education system is dumbing us down. But our government is making a space force. Okay, we don't need them. We don't need their flawed systems. We can do for ourselves. That's what the Black Panther Party was. Us helping ourselves, helping our neighbors, helping our kids, creating and protecting our own spaces. We don't need to spend our youth learning about white philosophy and whitewashed history. We have always, as colonized individuals, had the right to command our spaces. We have the right to our voice and the right to our lives. D-Schooling D.C. is a liberation movement highlighting Black home education as a vehicle of resistance against oppression. D-Schooling D.C. starts as a conversation about the Black and Brown community's vision of freedom and how the effects of schooling chained our minds away from freedom. Manifesting a D-Schooled D.C. opens the door for Black and Brown communities across the nation to renew our concern with making home place and having solidarity with one another across the globe. It's funny because I, it was about a month and a half ago, I knew nothing of really only a little bit about homeschooling. I didn't know anything really about unschooling. But I had this idea that people, I mean, I'll literally read it to you. It starts off, the failure of American public school systems has put many parents in a tight spot. So that's kind of where I started, um, just trying to figure out what can we do? Like, they're not protecting us. Literally, you see the kids, you know, marching about gun control and everything. They're not protecting us. They're barely feeding us, you know. And when I say us, I'm speaking about students in general because it goes beyond you know, elementary, middle, high school, really even how they treat college students. You know, there's a lot of college students that are eaten <laughs> literally. Oh, I was one yeah. of them. Yes. Yeah. Eating a couple of noodles every, every day. day. That's every what meal. I afford. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I, you know, I went to the hospital for literally doing that blood mm-hmm. pr- pressure through the roof. I mean, the mm-hmm. entire mentality that comes from schooling you don't even realize it until, like I said, until I started listening to your podcast and reading what you were saying. I, I didn't even realize, you know how you know something's wrong, but you don't, like I said, you don't have the language. Yes. You don't really know. Yeah. Right. It started off like, all right, we need to do something. How could we change school? And I had this idea, you know, your neighbor does calculus. Somebody down the street is doing black history. We got you know, Spanish classes up the road and you can kind of just, you know, you walk you and your little sister down the street, you know, get attendance done somewhere and then go about your day. You know, everybody just go through the neighborhood going to their, you know, quote unquote classes and then meet up for lunch or breakfast or whatever it may be. 
it started off like that and I was really excited. And this is before I knew anything about self-directed education. I'm just <laughs> writing my ideas down. I'm writing down, you know, the benefits of it. You get daily exercise because you're walking around your neighborhood, yeah. being able to be in contact with your neighbors, like just listing down the benefits of it. And then when I got down to like, all right, how are we going to do this? That's where I kind of got stuck because mm-hmm. right now I'm living um, in Prince George's County, which is next to D.C., but it's more of a, you know, suburban kind of like our neighborhoods aren't exactly set up where I would be able to do like my neighborhood specifically right now. I couldn't really do that because we're very spread out. Like, yeah, you know, the, you need the a next car house and everything. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, you know, the idea of it being in D.C., the homeschooling students right now, they have the opportunity to get a kid's ride free on their DC one card. So when you talk about going to the Smithsonian or National um, African-American History and Culture Museum that was just built, like all of these resources that we have that we don't have the time to use because we're at school. (laughs) From there, like I said, I've been writing in this journal for over a month now. It was something that was very personal in terms of (laughs) writing it in and like hoping to get a solution. So I'm going back to this book, not just as a way to kind of throw out ideas, but really trying to find a solution because I have a son now and I know my son's not going to public school. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, you have the issue of, you know, everybody wants to say, like, I've already told pretty much everybody around me that we were going the homeschooling route. And everybody's always like, oh, well, you know, how's he going to be socialized? How's he going to have friends? And like, at, he's going to go to the rack and play basketball like everybody else. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand why that's still coming up as a, I know, as a, as a barrier. <laughs> it's funny. I've been researching um, about black homeschooling. Yeah. And um, it's Cheryl Field Smith and Monica Wells Kisura. They have a article online. You can find it. It's called Resisting the Status Quo, the mm. Narratives of Black Homeschoolers. I'm just going to read like a quick quote. In a reversal of the familiar complaint that homeschooling is bad for socialization, these families think the public school is the actual culprit, surrounding children with a toxic mix of bad peer socialization and harmful adult supervision. And that was like, you hit it right on the <laughs> nail right there. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. From I actually read the article that you were talking about the other day, A Thousand Rivers. Mm -hmm. (sighs) That hit home because it's like self-directed education is something that we've been doing. Everyone has been doing, you know, like indigenous cultures have been giving their children the opportunity to grow in ways that are completely foreign to us now. The original idea that I had, like I said, that that went to kaput because it just wasn't going to make sense on a for where I am here. But when I started learning about the laws in D.C., um, homeschooling there is a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same thing. Um, the only difference there in terms of you pulling your child out of school is that you have to have your math, science, reading, all the, you know, everything that they say you have to have. Mm -hmm. But you also have to have your degree, like proof. The the parent has to have proof that they have their degree, um, which is different from Maryland. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like that seems very specifically placed that Mm -hmm. you would do that. It's 
the idea is started off as just a thing of, you know, it'll be great if our kids can go amongst their neighbors and learn, you know, build up their portfolios and, you know, have a, a better education than what they would get at school. From there, it turned into we can't really do something like that because a lot of our kids aren't eating. Is 68,164 students in DC that are economically disadvantaged. Economically disadvantaged meaning that they are eligible for free or reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, people that are relying on the school system, on the institution of school to get nourishment. From researching, I've learned a main problem that Black people had with homeschooling back in the day, and even to this day, is the class issue of you homeschool because you can. You know, mm -hmm. you you homeschool your kids, and it's wonderful, and you should, but you can do that, whereas mm -hmm. I cannot, you know? Yeah. And so you can't really look down on other people because, you know, th those are the people that need it the most. They They need to be homeschooled more so because they need to get out of that situation. The first barrier to access is food. Ward 7 and Ward 8 hold the most poverty in D.C. and the most black people. More than three-fourths of the food desert in D.C. are located in these two wards. Ward 7 being 31% food desert and Ward 8 being 51% food desert. How can we provide food to homeschoolers living in a food desert? How much would it cost? Home education students in D.C. that participate in I&I, &I, a social program dedicated to providing access to homeschool, will meet weekly with their community. This weekly home place meeting will give parents and students the opportunity to ask questions about homeschooling, have conversations about de-schooling, update portfolios, and pick up students' weekly bread coins. Bread coins are a physical coin that can be exchanged for food at participating vendors around the city. Students living in food deserts will be able to exchange their bread coin for breakfast and lunch with food trucks servicing their neighborhood. It'll cost only $25 to feed a home education student for a week. I just want to wrap up with this headline I read the other day. D.C. awarded $30,000 grant to support the D.C. Free Summer Meals Program. Think about that language, awarded. Later it reads, the gift is a part of a $2.3 million grant NRPA received from the Walmart Foundation to support out-of-school time programs in 50 park and recreation agencies. If the Walmart Foundation finds feeding children to be a gift to its country, the same company that won't pay its employees a livable wage, then we don't need them. We don't need to work in their places. We don't need to be in their schools. We don't need their imaginations because we have our own. We imagine a world where everyone has access, no one is oppressed, and everyone can be free. Like you said, being able to imagine it. Some people really don't have that ability, no. but once they see it happening, yeah. that's when they're like, oh, okay, yes, we can do that. From there, de-schooling actually became, I took that as my own personal, what I was going to do for my child. When it comes down to what it is that I'm trying to do, I don't want to make it something where, you know, if a family chooses to pull their kid out of school, you know, they're like, you know what? Yeah, let's do homeschooling because it'll be better for X, Y and Z. But they have 
they want to make sure that they're learning from a, a Christian curriculum or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't want to get into all of that because that's another battle in itself. <laughs> but I still want to be able to provide, okay, you're doing that. That's your choice. That's fine. But we still want to be able to provide, you know, food for your kids so that you can, so that you will be able to do homeschooling. Yes. So mm-hmm. from there, if that's the route they choose to go, then that's fine. If you decide to go a de-schooling route, that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's going to be resources for, you know, like you just said, anybody, whatever works best for your family. But one thing that has become a pillar of this entire idea has been home place. Um, and that would be just everybody getting together, whether it be, you know, a weekly or bi-weekly or however many times a week it may be, getting together so that we can have a de-schooling process. So I don't know if we're going to say it exactly like that, because, you know, yeah. people, when they hear words, they, they <laughs> scramble. But yeah. Just us talking about what's going on with us, having a place to have community. We don't really have a place for community outside of church, honestly. And, right. and there, we're not talking about what's going on around us. You know, we're talking about, well, we're just listening you know, to exactly. whatever the person on stage is talking about, right? Yes. Dialogue, um, like you were saying before, if somebody, you know, is going to have to work a double shift this week, we need to be able to schedule, hey, could you help me out this week? I need this. Being able to be together so that we can have those kinds of conversations and start working together. Like you were saying, with the community model with GROW, they were able to get together, find out that they had resources within themselves. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what it is that I'm trying to get done. It's so funny, you know, like I was saying, I didn't even know about self-directed education when I started all of this. But mm-hmm. as the as I go on, it's like, you know, you find out and it's like, oh, wow, it's already a thing. Great. Let's Listen. start doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would love to be able to get this not just going in D.C., really everywhere. Yeah. If this could be something that, you know, sparks in cities across, you know, America and then get down to the Caribbean yeah. and get that, you know, that would be on another level because then we can kind of work with, oh, you know, my sector or group or whatever it is, we make this and we have a organization down in the islands that yes. can grow fruit for us and we can get it for discount and we're selling and we're doing and exactly um, raising money for food and for projects or even I mean even getting down to like the idea of being able to send kids across the world it's so good to know that that it isn't just I don't like when you find out about something like this and it's like oh my gosh everyone needs to know and you don't know that I don't know how much other people know, you know, I'm glad that it's happening everywhere. Like you said, it's scary, but it just feels like that you can't turn anywhere else but here. You know, we can't keep on doing what we've been doing. I'm excited for what's next, even if it's going to be scary or hard. My name is Najee Knox. I'm living in PG County right now. It's where I was born and raised, but my father, my grandmother... We're both born in D.C. It has always been in us to just say, fuck it. I'll do it myself. Start with homeschooling. Build your community. Employ yourself against your oppressors. I've created an email, dschoolingdc at gmail.com. 
where people can get in contact with me and a Tumblr, also deschoolingdc.tumblr.com, where the movement will be updated regularly. So it's deschoolingdc at gmail.com and deschoolingdc.tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R.com. The show notes page is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash nine two. Get all the related links. Much love. Shout out to you, Bear of the Green Child. Bear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning. Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at AkilaSRichards.com.